Hello, welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Uh, I'm Stuart Reid. Daniel Kruper is here. Hello. Alex Simmons is here. Brap, brap. That's oh. it. There's only three of us. Where's Tilly? Uh, he's he's on a plane somewhere. On a plane. He's going to um, Austin, 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 Austin Texas. Texas. He spends half his life in Austin, Texas. He does. Yeah, he does. He does. I don't care. It's it's better than my the, hair. And the other half in Austin Reed. Being tailored. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> your brother? <laughs> <laughs> can I please, before we do anything else on this podcast, can I give a big shout out to my main man, Tarek Alchemy, uh, Alchemy. who is a 13-year-old Egyptian boy. Tarek... Stop sending us the same email. I beg you. You've sent us the same email now about 25 times. And I thought if I say hello, uh, you might stop. We do uh, appreciate the feedback. We do. Just not over and over. And I'm going to go through again. it very quickly. Glad to hear your cinema's cheap. Uh, yes, that's right about Xbox One and PS4 sales. Uh, Doctor Who Christmas special. It was all right. PlayStation Now. We're quite excited about it. We'll talk about it in a bit. The PS4 Turtle Beach deal. I know nothing about that. Anyway. Keep watching. All or questions answered. <laughs> uh, on to this week's news. We're in a bit da, of a rush. Da, da, we've, da, got da, get, da, we've got to get the, we've got to get this done in like forty-five minutes because Alex is out here. You got a big important it's meeting. Big important meeting. Minutes. We've got to cram <laughs> this this in before we do anything else. So news this week. Up first, uh, it's reported that J.J. Abrams uh, has met with everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> this is the quote: "Everyone in Hollywood to, around the casting of uh, Star Wars." He wants to focus on making seven. the new Star Wars film. Yeah, he's just hanging out, just, just kind of. About. I'm going over there for E3. Maybe I'll meet him. Maybe he'll give you a part in a new film. Maybe. You could be this generation's Jar Jar Binks. Oh, salacious crumb. That's how I see myself. <laughs> <laughs> to your Jabba the Hutt. I don't even know what a salacious crumb is. No, salacious crumb is. It's the little dude that sits in front of Jabba. Jabba. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, like that. then I can see that happening. Anyway, so according to the Hollywood Reporter, of course he's met with Fassbender. Fassbender is lined up reporter. to do... He's bloody hardworking. It's Hollywood Reporter. He does it all. It's just one dude. Just one little fella. He's knocking out a a lot of coffee. Um, So he's uh, up for an unspecified role. They're all up for unspecified roles. Hugo Weaving, who's not the guy from The Full Monty, I have since discovered. Hugo. (laughs) Uh, To play an Imperial commander. It wouldn't surprise me because those two guys are in everything. Like this generation, Samuel L. Jackson. But Cumberbatch is the new Fassbender. Yeah. So Cumberbatch is in everything now. He'd make a good Sith, don't you think? Cumberbatch. Oh, God. Yeah. Is there room for little Martin Freeman? There's always room for Tim from The Office. Yeah. It's always is better there? with Tim from oh, The Office. Imagine him, doing, do? imagine him doing a double take to camera. What, was an Ewok? Yeah. <laughs> a triple take. Um, have you seen that um, video of um, Patrick Stewart demo- demonstrating the very underused quadruple take? No. Uh, we should watch it. Anyone listening should go check it out on YouTube. It's a video that his wife filmed with Patrick Stewart on the like, honeymoon or something. Yeah. And he's demonstrating the art of the quadruple take. It's masterful. Right. Here's what I'm going to do as a video podcast extra. I'm going to drop it in right now. Bad luck if you're only listening to us. Yeah, you're yeah. Missing yeah. yeah screwed over. Yeah, you got screwed over. Other um, news. Other news. I haven't finished. I haven't finished. Oh. There's more Star Wars oh. news. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rushing. So, uh, other rumours are that Obi-Wan Kenobi has, has had a granddaughter or, or daughter. Yeah. A granddaughter? <laughs> a granddaughter. A granddaughter what? A granddaughter. A granddaughter. A gran- Barbara Cartland. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. She's a dame author. Oh, and then uh, other, info- other information... <laughs> It comes to. Uh, I love it uh, when you can't speak in the podcast. I know, I know. It, it also so helps easy. if I read the rest of the bottom <laughs> of the story. As you can see, I've only read that bit. This <laughs> kind of Twin Peaks theme podcast is So, rumor has it that uh, the original, some of the original cast will be coming back too. So, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. Mark so Hamill. Oh my God. It's, well, it's hard to like sift fact from fiction or sift. Sift. Originally. The original scriptwriter got let go because I think he wanted to focus on the next generation of yeah. like the kids, and then I think Abrams has kind of changed it. And right. He wants to focus. He wants to give like Leia, Luke, and Han a proper send off, so yeah. they'd be more involved in the new Star Wars movie. But it's, it's all hearsay it, right now. It's but kind of what he did with um, Star, Star Trek. Trek, right? He, he oh, tried to. It was a, a sensitive use of like, like new use, yeah. like a new audience as well as the old. Yeah. So you know, fair play if he does it. My only concern is that I don't the want film to see gets them mixed up as yeah. a result. And also, you want to remember them how they were, yeah. not like. I know there was a picture of the three of them together. I don't know if it was well, taken recently, s- but they, it was like. Well, I went to the Star Wars convention last year in um, in Germany, yeah. and 
like you know, obviously they've got all dope, yeah. and that's well, fine. Of course, uh, yeah. Have Carrie Fisher was there, oh, okay. and Mark Hamill was there. Right. Um, it was like I a just bad don't want to probably see them running round. Or here's the thing: yeah. I think whatever happens, I think we're all agreed that this time around, Carrie Fisher is allowed to wear underwear during the shoot. Yeah. Does she not yeah. wear underwear? She didn't, it, not in the but it's fine. Uh, yeah, what, but not at now. all. She is no. mental. I, like, I really uh, love her. George Lucas to, apparently crackers. told her there's no underwear in space. So she didn't wear any. That's a bit like the alien tagline. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> all right, George. A little bit creepy. <laughs> U-tree. First U-tree mention of the show. George, Boom. Gr- grow the beard so you give an illusion of chin. <laughs> <laughs> He's since CGI'd it on. Um, who would you like to see Fastbender play? Oh. <laughs> Well, it's going to be Sith. He's more Sith. He'd be. Do you think? I guess. I don't uh, know. I suppose his recent career has gone more down the kind of villain route, the dark side. Also, the Todd from Breaking Bad was rumored. I think he's got that. A lot of people are going. Oh, he couldn't play uh, a Jedi now because people associate him with quite messed up character. Uh, Yeah, but if you, I think he looks very kind of Skywalker ranch kind of look. People associate him with with a messed up. No matter how much we love Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad there. Star Wars kind of up there. Yeah. The amount of people that will never have seen Breaking Bad and who don't know yeah. who this yeah. guy is, awesome. it's, it's just not yeah. really I think important. I've only he's ever seen him in Breaking Bad as well, so that's, yeah. a, you know, but as you say, what he's was an actor. He was in Breaking <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's what not was he in before Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad? And he, he played quite an innocent character in that. He's got a look of the uh, uh, young Mark Hamill's about him, yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can yeah. totally imagine him, like, you know, drinking some blue milk, shooting... Uh, it's paraffin, isn't it? What? <laughs> Brilliant. That's what, That's what you do at the weekend. That's <laughs> why my gums are it's shrunk. It's blue milk. <laughs> I call it blue milk on my frosties. Anyway. What are you right. looking up? Todd, Todd. from Breaking Bad. Yeah. There he is. Todd Alquist. This is brilliant, brilliant radio. Any, 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 any time now, Dan. <laughs> why don't we move on to the next story, Stuart Reed? PlayStation Now, which we're all excited about when it happens, which will be PlayStation soon. Yes. If, uh, if you're uh, a server farm, <laughs> <Not> in <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure we mentioned this last week, but they, they are recommending you have a five megabits. We did mention connection. this last week because I made the, the point about yeah. the server, my server being in Maidenhead. Well, it's not much of a news story then if we've already done it, is it really? No, good job he's not my butler. Because it'd be miles away. It would, wouldn't it? It'd yeah. be rubbish. But it's the technical demands of what you need. You need five. Sony has admitted problems with broadband strength here in Europe, so they're reckoning on 2015 as the earliest. That's the best guess. Wow. Still no firm information. A BT better get a wiggle on. Why? What? So sorting out the infrastructure. Well, I think yeah. we're all right now, aren't we? With this I'm BT fine. Infinity and everything. They've they've but they've rolled that out to a lot of the country. You've got a lot of the you know Virgin Fiber optic out there as well. I just don't know how kind of far reaching it is. Is the honest honest answer? I you think can get it in Blackburn. My mum has my mum has optic fiber. It's brilliant. Your mum has the best internet connection out of anybody in Europe. Yeah, yes. no, it's better than the office. It was better than the office when I went home for I Christmas. <laughs> I was live was streaming. Only one per- it's the same, same network speed, but only one person using it rather than the entire office. You could download Bake Off in two seconds. Wow. Boom. Would you want to? Yeah, definitely. You're a fan of Bake Off. Yeah, what are you exactly Bake Off for? I was yeah. asking if he'd want to. Okay, uh, yeah, right. I, don't, I don't mind Bake Off. No? No, Who's I don't your mind. Favorite? Did you like Ruby? Did you like Ruby Tando? Um, I like the one who made the crazy cakes. Oh, yeah. The one, they were too elaborately designed for their own good. And I she forgot to add any flavouring to it. Any, any flavouring, but they look nice. Do you like baking? Have you ever baked anything? Uh, well, I've baked a couple of things, but I wouldn't say that I enjoy it. Meth. I don't really like cooking either. Do you not? Do you not? Well, no. I, get a lot of, I used to get a lot of enjoyment for it. But when I first knew you, when you, I think you came over to my place a couple of times before yep. I worked full time here. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I offered you a couple of homemade muffins back then. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite possible. Is that how you got the job? Well, yeah, more than likely. But the thing is, when, when you kind of work from home, you work from home like maybe half the time you're supposed to be working, the rest of it you're See, not supposed I, to admit I, to this. I, 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 just, I just think of that Mitchell and Webb sketch where two men who work from home meet each other. This guy who's been working home for like three or four years. Yeah. And um, the other one has just started and he just goes to him after his wife leaves the room and goes, how do you stop masturbating? How do you stop <laughs> it? And he goes, you don't. You don't. You just, you just, you just work out to do oh. work in between. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, why I never have a true. Skype video call from home. Or at least <laughs> at least not a full body shot anyway. Exactly. It's just, for some reason, this desk is like vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the horror. Michael Douglas. Talking Mo- of sex. <laughs> sex pests. <laughs> <laughs> you Bible. think it was just thrown together? Oh, no. Uh, no. Uh, Michael Douglas is going to be in a Marvel movie. He's going to be playing Ant-Man as well. Mm. So um, the other week, we learned that Paul Rudd, the comedy actor, is going to play Scott Lang, which is one incarnation of the famous Marvel hero. But 
Um, the other incarnation, Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, is going to be portrayed by Michael Douglas. So there's going to be two Ant-Men. Yeah. Some also some rumors circulating that has the original maybe gone bad. So you maybe have Michael Douglas set up as possibly a mental figure that then yeah. turns into a villain in the third act. Isn't that crazy though? Like who would have thought that uh, a comic book character like Ant-Man would have had like Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas signing up to start? I think it's it. turned into a really interesting, quirky project because Ant-Man is a kind of weird, offbeat character. Yeah. And Marvel going to encounter this more and more with these kind of more peripheral characters mm. how do you treat them and yeah. they, I think they're coming up with some interesting treatments and getting interesting directors in as well yeah um, um, this is Edgar Wright and they're going to modulate it into kind of the genre of a heist movie so it's not going to be there's going to be action in it but it's going to be within context yep. of a different genre and is it going to be a lot about being absolutely really little weeny yeah, tiny yeah this is power because little teeny tiny so that's going to work well in that well, heist movie isn't it because I mean that's what you want. Wait, if you yeah, is that what it is? Is it a heist movie? Yeah, they're going to do a heist movie. Like a, just, sorry, I was thinking like about comedy heist up. movie. <laughs> Brilliant comedy heist movie. But I think that also allows for some really interesting action scenes because there's some kind of proof um, concept footage they did where he'll miniaturize, run along the barrel of a gun, yeah. and then grow big again and kick the guy in the face. So it could be some really cool action that sequences. Really well, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. You probably have to leap up then grow really big, and then mid-leap kick him in the face. Well, well, you'd have to jump in the air onto the gun, then transform mid-air to land on the barrel, yeah. then run along. Because otherwise, if you transform yeah. too early, you'll fall down, the gun's going to be up there. How do you yeah. get up there? That, this could make a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> you you can play as... In Marvel Lego, you could... I'm one so. of the unlockable characters right at the end, and you can just... Yeah. You can go in little mazes. If it's a proper heist, though, if you were, like, going into a bank vault to get loads of money... You'd be all right going in because you'd be tiny, but then how would you manage to collect everything? But has he got the strength of an ant in terms of strength versus well, size? Oh. Oh. No, it's more of a, like, it's a, it's a power um, through technology, I think. Oh, is it? it so it's, it's not like a radiated no, ant no, or something? No, ant on a radiator. Mm. Um, Anton radiator, who's he? <laughs> Anton Chigurh. <laughs> Anton Dubeck. That's a little ant on a duck's beak in France. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> In better, happier news, rejoice. For Shia LaBeouf has, quote, retired from all public life. What does that mean? Does that mean that he never, ever goes out now? He's just going to store his piss in jars by the door. Maybe. I oh, hope so. Why has he done this, Stuart? He's done this because of all these attacks on him. Well, it's terrible Because he's been he an absolutely massive twat. For a long it all time. started with this Daniel Klaus beef that he had. Do you remember he did this short film... And it turned out it, it basically plagiarised the Daniel Klaus thing, and he 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 did a really stupid thing. And instead of just like doing that whole mayor culpa, I'm really sorry, it was my fault. You know, I won't do it again. And he, he would have got like essentially, he would have got away with it. That you know, that it would have been it would have been a storm for a bit. Yeah. But he did these really wanky apologies where he actually plagiarised other people's apologies mm. in some sort of making a point art installation way. And so everybody now, everybody in the universe, including probably his own mum, thinks Shia LaBeouf's an absolute dick. I think she's probably yeah. long for that. And so he's just basically throwing his toys out of the pram and says, yeah, screw you guys. In light of all the recent attacks on, against my artistic integrity. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's says the man that was in Transformers and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. I am retiring from attacks. all public life. My love goes out to those who have supported me. That's that's your own penis, then, mate. Basically, and nobody so else. What was he actually associated with any f upcoming projects? Yeah, he's uh, he's, he's in, in this World War Two film, isn't he? Fury with uh, Brad Pitt. And yeah, apparently, so he's caused, film that I understand he's caused problems there as well because they, it's ba they're in this tank for a lot of the movie. They're basically tank right. commanders, and they're in this tank. And he's done this whole thing of like refusing to wash to really get in the zone of what it would be like. Right. So all his all the people that are with him, all like Brad Pitt and everybody, just basically going, "Mate, you honk, fuck off." Wow. Yeah, what a dick. And he's apparently, so I understand, removed one of his own teeth with a set of pliers. No. He's no. having a proper full-on mad quite, breakdown. Also, he's, losing the, he's losing the plot. I know quite a few people who've interviewed him. I won't go into specifics, but I think he is a bit of a... Dick? Dick. Right. Oh. Let us know if you have any love for Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> you know, maybe Shia, Dude, if you're there listening. There was a period of time where he, he could have taken off and been an absolutely huge star. Yeah. yeah. I made some really bad choices and I think was a bit of a dick and it's come around and bit yeah. him in the ass. Has he done any good films? What was that, what was that one where he, he was under house arrest? Um, Which was like a remake of, of, of 
rear window. It's something like paranoia, isn't it? Yeah. Urban annoia, urban, uh, I don't know. Oh, it was, um, I know oh, the thing you mean. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Suburb. It's like yeah. suburbia and paranoia mix, isn't it? Yeah. Let's have a look. People are shouting at the MP3 yes. player now. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Disturbia, there Disturbia. you go. Disturbia. Yeah. So let's yeah. have a look at his. We're just, yeah, let's, let's go, go way back. Right. All right. Nothing there. No. no. Caroline in the City. <laughs> wow, do you remember that? I remember Caroline. She's a cartoonist. It's the mum from um, Back to the Future, wasn't it? Yeah. Suddenly Susan's a lot touched by an angel. My mum loved that. Touched by an angel. You were oh. touched by an angel, weren't you, Catholic boy? <laughs> <laughs> Get off me. You're not a priest. Um, ER. <laughs> he used to speak. He still does. still does. He still does. <laughs> 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 not heard any more VRs from her. Terraway is a brilliant game. You can jump up and down. That's very good. You sound like Orville. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, he really hasn't been in Disturbia is his best film. Yeah, Transformers, Indiana Jones, Crystal Little Skull, New York, I Love You, Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye's okay. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, Lawless. He's really not been in that much either, has yeah. he? He's in Nymphomania yeah. as well, lest, lest we forget. But I, think, I really, and forget. I don't want to see Little Little Leboeuf. I've no <laughs> desire to see Little Leboeuf at all. No. Uh, I'd shy away from that. Zing! <laughs> that is why you're paying big bucks. Uh, let's move on to this week's Reader FU, a bumper crop of Reader FU this yeah. week. And Alex, I believe you have the first piece. Uh, the first piece is from Darius. I'm not sure if it's the Darius. Dinesh. I, well, uh, yes. No. I don't know. He hasn't put his surname. All right. I don't think so. I think it might be Darius O'Canning, according to his... Um, well, email address. Well, he'll know. Who it anyway, is, sure. uh, I'd like to kick off with a big thank you. It's been a rough few months and your podcasts have really helped. And they made me remember what it is to smile and cry with laughter. Has he written to the right people? Yes. I said beyond. <laughs> Incredibly, <laughs> yes. Uh, to counter that point, it's still as much of a shambles as it's always been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep the yeah. tomfoolery up. If you ever become professional, it'll be a sad day. Is that? Can, I'm not sure. You, if that, is that? Can you, you keep that thing? on file next time our boss asks yeah, us what that, we've been yeah. doing? It's like up. it would be a shame if we were professional. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he has absolutely no interest in the new generation of hardware. Neither one of them has a gimmick that appeals to me, and the only games that girdle any emotions in the loins are Infamous Ooh. Second Son and Evolve. Ooh. Mm. We're going to see Evolve next week, actually. Yeah. So again, we were talking about Infamous Second Son like last night, and while I. I like the uh, the look of the world. I just don't like the lead character. Mm. I think he's probably the Shia LaBeouf of Ooh. video games. That's, that's harsh, man. But we will see, we will see. Uh, so anyway, despite all the hardships last year in my personal and professional life, the gaming spoils were good. I hope to see more emotional blackmail such as in Papers, Please, Bioshock Infinite, Last of Us, and Gone Home in future games. There were a few disappointments, however. Uh, on top of it all, Arkham Origins was a big letdown as finding aliens... Uh, as, as finding out aliens speak in Welsh or God made the universe for a science project and got a C. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It did. As you were saying it, I was understanding the words that were coming out of your mouth and in the um, way they were coming out from. Yeah, oh, but, I didn't. So. Did you ever get around to playing <laughs> Batman? You're a big Batman fan. No, I, didn't, I never did, no. Are we going to go back to it? Probably not. Uh, Dan, uh, Kilby really liked it. I'm probably yeah. not going to get around to it just because you know what happened. Yeah, load of big games coming out in March. A I, ton uh, of big games. There'll be out loads of games this year that'll be at the end of the year. We'll be raving about. Yeah, but we probably don't, not even on our radar right now. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to the uh, Batman Arkham series? Do you think that uh, is it? We are, we are well and truly entrenched in the law of diminishing returns now. No, because I think when the original developer comes back on board, yeah. we'll be in just the last one wasn't Rocksteady. That's right. But Rocksteady going to be involved in the future? <sighs> they must I be cooking up a next gen. Version. Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I'm, it's still sold okay. Yeah. They'll yeah. do something amazing. Almost like it, tied it, just it over. Needs, just keep, yeah, but this just is needs the, a bit of a refresh. Here's the thing. If it, if you're going to release a game like that mm. to lukewarm reviews, does that not damage the franchise more than just not not having a game for a couple of years? I guess it's... It wasn't maybe bad. It's, it, it, I think it, it just did didn't have the kind of the strong narrative that the, the previous... Right. Like, it was... The, the, the actual mechanics were pretty much the same as what they were. Yeah. Um, you know, two years yeah. before. I think it's slightly but, better than Luke Horton, but just. Um, but also, the Warner Brothers don't release all that many games. Yeah. Probably kept them ticking over yeah. in yeah. terms of cash flow. Yeah. Would have done all right. And it's all about the next one. Honestly, if the next one has like some kind of character switching, 
mechanic like GTA between Batman, mm. Superman, and like a third hero that cycles yeah. throughout the game. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be interested in that. Because mm. that's the, I, I don't think, like to answer your question from a little while back, if, they, if Rocksteady come back with exactly the same game, but with slightly better graphics, then no, I don't think that will um, deliver. But I, I'm hoping that because they've had the time off from yeah. you're not doing Origins, that they've, they're investing in more than just you know yeah. prettier graphics. I like them like if they went back and like even because I think we're all in agreement we all prefer the first one more than City, even yeah. though City got a lot of acclaim when it came out and it's still a great game. Yeah. I think we all liked how kind of cleverly structured the first game yeah. was. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of that Metroidvania thing, like you go back through sections again and again and they change, you get yeah. new equipment, you approach yeah. them in different ways. It'd be great if they went back and maybe just did something like that. Because yeah. I know the Vita game did the prison. Yeah. It would focus on Blackgate. Yeah. That'd be cool if yeah. they did that, like a big structure where you have to go back and investigate it. It's a difficult ways. balancing act when you've got a, a larger world, isn't it? It's a difficult yeah. balancing act between between keeping your interest and keeping that game really, well, really focused. In the yeah. city, it was open world, but I never explored that world. No. And, and I also, just flew between bits. Well, that's yeah. it. You never ever got down to ground level unless you screwed up. And then up, when you did, like, it was gliding. underpopulated. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. like, it was walled off. So there weren't yeah. pedestrians. Yeah. There were gangs here yeah. and there to beat up. So it didn't really feel like a real world unlike gta yeah it the, the, yeah it got in the way of you getting from point a to point b whereas in gta it's an, another dimension to kind of explore and enjoy yeah. so yeah okay moving on <coughs> next bit yeah this is from hunter carl last week we um, remarked upon his name hunter it's pretty badass hunter carl. and hunter says turns out i'm a big fan of my name too and he, he says it also <laughs> translates into some pretty cool names as well do you want to hear them yeah. go on then in spanish cazador Casadore. Italian, Casadore. Welsh, Hellwe. What's that? We should have a loop for this. I think in Welsh it's pronounced. That's where you basically got spit and just flame yourself up. Yeah, that's what it'll be. German, Jaeger, like Jaegermeister. And Jaeger's from Pacific Rim. Don't know why I did that. That's how that And in French, Chasseur. So again, Chicken chasseur. Mm. Chasseur is not the, quite so cool, is it? <laughs> chicken <No>. chasseur. <laughs> uh, and in Czech is L- Lovets. Oh, he really has Lovets. done his research. Yeah, he? yeah, he's got Babelfish. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Cheers, yeah. Hunter. Whatever Your name is that? pretty uh, badass. Google Translate happened to it. Oh, dear. Google happens to everything in the end. Yeah. We'll be Googled soon. We will. Replaced. Assimilated. Yeah. Sherlock, episode three aired on Sunday. I did, I did indeed. And I think we're all agreed that it was a fairly fitting end. To it was good. It was Definitely uh, the best one in the series. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Hackney says, I thought episode three of Sherlock was excellent. Moriarty's return is great. Should mention spoiler alert, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I almost feel like series three was slightly <coughs> wasted. However, it took this last episode to really feel you were watching the show we'd enjoyed previously. And although the idea of episode two was admirable, in a three-episode series, you can't really afford a lull. Now, that's interesting you say that because I think uh, uh, quite a few people are saying, in retrospect, episodes one and two of this season worked better once you once you saw episode three. But you, yeah. Dan, are that's, not as you, I think that's a bit of a cop out. That's well, like it, saying it, I don't know. It's like saying if there's a I've, you flip it around that that argument, mm. and if you have a really good first and second film in a series, and the third one's crap, you don't go the third one was good because the first two was pr- they were pretty good. I don't see why just because the third one was good, it makes the first two retroactively better no, there no. Are a couple of <coughs> but it makes more sense some. as a season than it does as three individual episodes um i think slightly but only because there's a few things that murray say that kind of link in and you glimpse magnuson at the end of the first episode yeah. to take those things out yeah i don't think there's much more that bind them together like the first episode is still a bit like them working through all the stuff, like you left me, why didn't you tell me? Or you yeah. told everyone else, but not me. Why didn't you tell me who you yeah. trust more than anyone? And then the second one, a lot of it was taken up by a pretty inferior kind of mystery about this guy that stabs people while they're wearing tab- tight belts, yeah. which is kind of weird. Yeah, There's a few things like her um, being able to like, um, read a skip code and... Uh, having a good memory and stuff like that that yeah. kind of fits in. But I don't think it makes it like, oh, it's so smart. No, no, no. But that, I don't think that's what we're saying. Okay. I, I, well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it kind of makes a bit more sense mm. as a season. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, on its own, it's like I think you, I would have preferred maybe a little bit more build up to that villain than there yeah. was, yeah. like him to be maybe more behind yeah. the stuff in the second episode. Because I think that's the other thing for me is that okay, so Moriarty is now back, which is great, great but at the same time, it's like it just feels a bit like a bit of a cop out, I guess. What having Moriarty back? Yeah, so soon. It's the same thing, like going back to the Batman stuff. I find it a bit of a cop out that every single time it's, oh, it's the Joker. It's the Joker again. Oh, yeah. You mean like, you right. mean like, like convict, like, that, like actually keep true to your word, have some conviction about yeah, it. Yeah. Mm. And, and, you know. He might still be dead. He, he might, might be, be reaching out. He might have planned this I all. Can't he wait might have for minions. an entire episode of it explaining what's happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will ever learn how Sherlock actually did it. No. no. Well, a couple of things that, that I'm not sure about. Do, do you not think it was out of character for Sherlock to shoot the guy at the end of episode three, whatever his name was? I, I, I think the only... Th the problem is is that Sherlock, the character, has changed so much in the last three episodes. Mm. I don't really know what the fuck he did um, in different instances. Is it... I don't know. Like Magnuson was pretty disgusting. At the same yeah. time, he wasn't, he wasn't killing anyone. No, he wasn't. He, like, I yeah, mean, he yeah. might, he may have been nasty and grasping and a bit evil. But like you say, he wasn't. Was he actually? He killing was a bully. People? But is that any reason to shoot someone in the face? Yeah. I quite uh, like. Did you like the whole the kind of the vault thing and stuff like that? Did you see it coming? Or I didn't see it yeah. coming, and yeah. I thought it was quite. You know, yeah, it was, well, I said in my review, it's it's got, I thought he worked well as a video, villain because it's like he was quite like Sherlock. Even yeah. what Sherlock could be in another world. Yeah. Yeah, but you could say that about Moriarty, though, couldn't you, as well? Yeah, but I just I, I just thought it was a counterpoint to the series because the, the whole thing throughout this series is Holmes embracing friendship mm. and realising the value of John and companionship and making connections. Mm. Mycroft being opposed to that, keeping himself isolated. And Magnuson's almost the more extreme example of that, that he's completely retreated. He's built this fortress for himself yeah. and kind of escaped into his own mind and using that for evil rather yeah. than helping people. Yeah. Whereas I think Moriarty's just totally unhinged. He is yeah. more that kind of Lord of Misrule, like, yeah. The, yeah, Joker. like the Joker. Well, I just the other thing I hope is that is that Mary doesn't become the wisecracking, ass-kicking sidekick in the next season. Uh, you know, when you they don't get, need it. You when need they John, get into a bit of physical right. issue, you know, physical trouble, well, John was, suddenly she starts bustling yeah, away yeah. and, and yeah. kicks out. Well, John was pretty badass when he beat up that guy with a knife. Yeah, that, he was, that was awesome. He was. But my worry is that they're going to have this character yeah. now, and they're going to have to do something with her. Looking at her, I also assume they'll have had the baby by oh, the time. Yeah. I'm really hoping that she fades into the background now. It's kind yeah, of, for me, she's served her purpose. You, yeah, you want to see them going up against yeah. Moriarty. Like yeah. every three, each three, uh, each one of those three episodes yeah. having something initiated by Moriarty, yeah. and each week they get closer and closer to. Well, that's yeah. it. It's like, That'll be exciting. Yeah, like three individual tales, but build up to a kind of overarching plot. Or something. You know what I'd love yeah. it. You know that. Um, don't know if you like the film or not, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah, where yeah. they're running around New York trying yeah, yeah. to solve I watched stuff. It the stuff. That'd be cool. It's Imagine that. It's really good. Yeah. Imagine them running around London yeah. and just being like baited constantly. Well, yeah. the other side of the coin is: is she going to become the the damsel in distress in every episode? Is Moriarty going to get his claws on her in yeah. every episode, and they've got to go and rescue her? Because that would be equally she, as tedious. Yeah, but she's quite time, handy. I was going to say, yeah. but at the same time, she's got a kid. Yeah. It's, yeah. Gonna, yeah, it's whether the kids the emotional leverage. Yeah. I hope the show is smart enough to watch out for those pitfalls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to go either way, isn't it? I think. Yeah, and also, also, I hope it's on by next Christmas. Yeah, two year wait, I think, will work against it. Yeah, that timing was definitely a bit weird, though, wasn't it? With this being Christmas almost episode. a Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. do get the feeling they shifted the dates a little bit. I must know? admit, I, I didn't even click that until you kind of said it. But yeah, mm. the, the fact that you know that probably would have been the one that aired. But I, I think the bigger thing was you know having an episode airing on what was it the Wednesday and then the Sunday. Yeah, and you know for waiting so long, and then it was finished. It was like, oh, They almost it. threw them away. I, you, it's almost like they, they knew they weren't as good as they could have been, and we'll just kind of get them, get them out of yeah. there. I don't know, maybe not. Let's move on, a bit yeah. more, more readable. So, uh, email from Lee Graham, who said, Matt Barlow's piece of feedback a few podcasts ago was spot on. If Nintendo keeps supporting the Wii U with their own software, and maybe even third-party surprise every now and then... Um, oh, sorry, that's the end of that sentence. Then in two years' time... Um, then in two years' time, release a new console that can compete with this new generation in terms of third-party support. So what he's saying is, keep the Wii U ticking over first party and then come up with a new console in two years' time. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that in a minute. 
Um, uh, da, 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 da. Every generation I've bought a second console about two or three years into it. Right. Already own an Xbox One and I've loved Nintendo since a young age. Definitely fought my money out for a new console offering from Nintendo rather than buy the PS4, in which, in his opinion, isn't that different from Xbox One, which I agree with. Mm. But at the same time, if they bring out another console in two years' time, that means the Wii U has had a shelf life of, what, you know, four years maximum. Yeah. Maximum. And I just don't think that's good enough, quite frankly. Four years, not enough first-party games. It's like, I, I agree, like, if you want a different console experience, but I just think, you know, offer value. And that's what the 3DS does. Yeah. That is a second console that offers a ton of value, loads of great games. Very different experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, like somebody in the office reckons that Nintendo's E3 um, uh, this year is going to be some kind of Android-based tablet. Android Shout out to Will Guyatt. Big Willie uh, uh, Android-based tablet that will kind of, uh, I guess, be somewhere in between the 3DS and... The Ouya? I don't know. Because the Ouya is Android-powered, isn't it? I yep. don't think that's going to happen. No. <laughs> Frankly, I, it'd be Nintendo's interesting to see Nintendo embracing other platforms as kind of the slow... Do you slow think they will, though? No, because they I don't, don't think need they will. to. They, they don't need to. They've One got day enough they cash. They've got enough money. One day, but I don't think but that you day know, is here yet. Watching Rich Bear Park edits uh, these videos he's been doing this week, which are coming up on the site very soon, which are all a few of them are up right on now. every platform. Yeah, uh, he did one for Wii U, and you know what? It didn't look too bad. The, the stuff that's coming out this year. But the thing is, with games that are also coming out on other systems, once you yeah. take those out of the equation. You are left with very little that is unique. I mean, obviously, the new Mario Kart's coming out yeah. this year. There's probably more unique stuff on the Wii U. Well, but there's a lot of unique stuff on the Wii U. Like, yeah. obviously, the first party stuff, but stuff like X looks mm. awesome. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't played JRPG for years since probably either SNES, but that looks cool. It's like dinosaurs, jetpacks, yeah. mechs. Looks, yeah. And it looks really, really pretty. Yeah. And of course, Bayonetta 2, which is the only game I'm looking forward to. You don't care about anything else, do you? Nothing else. Bayonetta, that's it. I didn't really click with the first one. I really enjoyed it. I think it was great fun. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that. Uh, right, next up is this uh, bit of feedback from Ryan Calderbank, and it's about Steam. Hey, guys, this whole Steam machine thing is a case of very poor marketing. I think we'd agree there. Yep. When I first heard about this, I thought it was a great idea because I assumed they were going to be made by Valve, like the beta. In fact, I was planning to have a Steam machine as my second console until I saw the 14 of them at the CES. Exactly. I don't understand why they don't have first-party Steam machines which vary in power and can be customised to your liking. I don't think Valve understands that people are happy if there are a few choices and they are explained clearly so you understand the difference. The Quite point agree. I made last Absolutely. week. Yeah. If you give people too many, don't explain them. People get overwhelmed and confused. People are just going to stick to their PC and maybe buy the controller. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a, um, a golden missed opportunity. Or yeah. a missed golden opportunity. Yeah. A golden opportunity that has been missed. Yes. One of those two. I understand what you're talking about. Thanks, stop, Alex. Stop speaking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it just feels like it's another uh, PC. That's it. And it's like there are lots of them out there already. I'm already confused as to what I should be buying because there are yeah. too many components. 14 different options. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I still say yeah. a modular system. That's what somebody needs to design. It's a modular Catherine. system where you... Yeah, you, you what's that? We have razors, razors. Yeah, we yeah. spoke about that. Yeah, like, yeah. Project Catherine or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, but it needs to be so obvious that you know you've got a module that's like graphics. Yeah, this is rating two. Memory rating three gives you better graphics. <laughs> but but yeah, that simplicity like, make it easy for me. Don't call it a GTX six six zero zero. Make it like Jupiter. Yeah, and which then, is like, than and the then bring out a TI uh, edition, which is apparently better, or it might be yeah. cheaper. I can't just decide. numbers yeah. from yeah. one to ten. Ten yeah. bet. Ten. And best. that's the other. Like, if you're going to upgrade that, more you need to change that as well. I was like, Aah. yeah, <laughs> painful. <laughs> I can't do it. Does not compute. <laughs> Literally, does yeah. not compute. All right, uh, I need a Steam machine to make it compute, but I can't choose which one. I'm in some sort of infinite loop. Statistical anomaly. Nathan yes. Dodd is asking, watching your latest podcast. Watching, because you can now watch the podcast every Friday here on IGN. We put the video up as well as the audio podcast. Yeah. I noticed that three quarters of the panel were spectacles. Is there a correlation between gamers and the blind? No, we're all wankers. Yeah. Well, can, firstly, can I say it was three quarters last week. This week, it's actually only two thirds. Although I've, still got, I've got contacts in yeah. here. So they're kind of little tiny glasses. Um, I don't think, I don't, <laughs> I'd love it if he had little frames in it's your like, eyes. It's like, I'm wearing pen, pence-nay. 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 Um, 
no correlation. I've got an acute astigmatism. Well, that's going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> lovely pair of tits. <laughs> oh, no, that's the wrong gag, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, bad eyesight is apparently genetic, so. Yeah. There you go. If we were living in the time of dinosaurs, all three of us would be fucked. <laughs> Why dinosaurs? Actually, <laughs> that's the point, because we wouldn't be, wouldn't no, we? we wouldn't, no, Stuart. No. That would be... We would definitely be fucked then, because yeah. we would have travelled back we in time somehow. Out of time. Lost our glasses, it, <laughs> and, and we'd just be stumbling around blind. But then again, you could see a T-Rex if it was coming, so that's quite big. Yeah, you'd be all right, just stand still, wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what you'd well, do see, that. not that bad. Stu's little tiny eyes, he wouldn't be able to see anything. Tiny eyes. His little tiny <laughs> eyes, you're not seeing them without his glasses. He's this like is workplace like bullying. <laughs> tiny <laughs> eyes. <laughs> uh, Good, thanks for embarrassing me in front of the entire nation, Dan Cooper. <laughs> we know only five people watch it. Yeah, UHD versus 4K is the title of this email. You got it wrong. <sighs> Do you know what? <laughs> Even I am past caring. Guys, just listening to your podcast, wanted, uh, wanted to, uh, to, you to know the difference between 4K and Ultra HD. Well, IGN's Sean Finnegan did an article on the IGN website. Yeah. Who? Someone else at IGN that knows more than you, so I'm going to ask him next time. Please do. Get out of my face. Sean's nice. So he 4K... Gamescom last week. I was Last week? Last month. Last, year. <laughs> last week. Yeah. So here's how it works, right? It was a bit delayed. Here's how it works. 4K is a video standard and has a resolution of 4096 by 2160 pixels. Yes. You got that? Yes. However, Ultra HD is the forthcoming TV standard, and that comes in at 3840 by 2160. So it's all about aspect resolution. ratios, right? Well, not really, because it's a bit irritating, isn't it? Because they're, they're, both aspect ratios are kind of 16.9. Are they? Yes. That doesn't make sense. Well, it does. It's a pixel shape, I think. Is it? Well, yeah. Oh. Anyway, here's the thing. Here's the thing, it's slightly right. different. So what they shoot in the cinema at 4K yeah. isn't going to be an exact one-to-one -one replication on your 4K TV. Right. And do you know why? No. And I read up about this. It's because it means that DVDs and Blu-rays upscale better to 3,840 by 2,160 pixels than they do to 4,096 by 2,160 pixels. Why? They just do. You I'm glad you read up on it. Yeah. That much. I did. I read the headline. I thought, okay, now I understand, and moved on. Brilliant. If you want to find out why, you can Google it. Such insight. Do you know what? I'm just going to email Sean and yeah. ask him. Because he obviously get, knows what he's doing. get Sean on the podcast next time. It's a technical question. Just phone him up. He won't mind. But thanks for that, Brett. I do appreciate it. Brent, sorry. Brett. Uh, I've got an email from uh, what, NJ, a.k.a. Stray Cannon. Good. Greetings and indeed salutations. Definitive Tomb Raider. Looks pretty. Have it on 360. Worth the expense. Nah. This is a weird email. Uh, IGN poll winner on Xbox 360. GTA. A cross-platform title. Never played. Not interested. Mm. IGN poll winner on PS3. The Last of Us. An exclusive title. Never played. Would love to play. Hate the DualShock 3 with seething intensity. Melting my microwave of doom you mutilated monstrosity of a controller. Insert evil laughter here. So, question one. Would you agree PlayStation produced better exclusive titles? Asking me, um, um, it's a round uh, table question. Of, of late, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I would think over the last three to four years, but scratch Last of Us from that. If it wasn't for The Last of Us, Journey, yeah, good point. They do, well, but then again, you know, there's some amazing games on Xbox Live, like Braid, Limbo, all that kind of stuff. But that's no, trials, that's now on PlayStation. Exclusive. It wasn't. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's just like question time, isn't it? Just like it, yeah. It Imagine wasn't. if they started doing that. And I ask you, Labour MP. <laughs> Your question's rubbish. You're like the one person on the panel that's not an MP. You ain't. Okay. They'd improve their viewing figures, wouldn't they? That'd be amazing. So, anyway. Do PlayStation produce uh, better I think over titles? the last few years, they've invested more heavily in kind of cultivating talent. Mm. Um, the first party stuff, Uncharted, Last of Us, Infamous, and then all the kind of um, PSN stuff, Unfinished Swan, Journey. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. I think it has the edge for me. Yeah. But, you know, obviously a lot of people love Halo. Uh, Gears of War as a franchise is definitely beyond Gone heavy down. rain. It's, it, there are yeah. more kind of interesting yeah. exclusives. Yeah. So maybe not best per se, but I think there's great more variety. variety. Yeah. 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 Uh, question two Do you think we'll see more definitive editions making their way to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One? Yeah. Or do you think it will be limited to streaming titles? I think we will see it. I think we will. Because so there was that rumor about money, right? um, mistake on the Bethesda website about Skyrim coming yeah. to Xbox One, PS4, but. Mm. 
That got a lot of positive response. A lot of people like, I would totally play that again. Yeah. Or people who missed it are going, I'd love to see the nicest looking version of that game. Yeah. And because surely that exists yeah, on PC, PC already. Uh, yeah, right? and I don't yeah. like, none of us are technically minded enough to know how it, easy it is to yeah. take those existing assets yeah. and put them onto the new systems. But if that isn't too much work yeah. for the new architecture, then you're going to like cash in quite a lot. It's yeah. like money for old rope. Really, like I, after an initial outlay to get it up and running. Yeah, because like last year, and obviously we were talking about Batman, and yeah, it sold okay. But overall, sales figures, GTA aside, were relatively you know low. Um, and I think that is a pretty easy way of making money back quite easily. Hmm. Easily. Also, to <coughs> in a year, like in a year, uh, before like lots of new games come out, like like those kind of quiet spells. Yeah, target them and release like some games that other people probably never got around to playing it. Yeah, make it look better. Add in all the DLC, nice attractive price point. Job to That's the key, right? Yeah, is you know even like uh, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD that we were playing yesterday is you know that if you've bought the season pass for Black Flag, it's eleven ninety nine, brand new Assassin's Creed ad- Adventure. You know, if you're into that game, why not? There's nothing else coming out in January. Yeah. Okay, two related emails here. One from Phil Haynes, one's from Robbie. Start with Phil. Love the podcast, the debate about whether Gaikai... Do you want to say it, Stuart? Gaikai! Was racist and not, was hilarious. Pretty sure it is racist, though. I think so. And he says, my question is, how did you all get into your respective careers? Do you have any tips on me for me moving forward? Yeah, put one foot Funny in front of the other. other yeah. <laughs> Robbie says... Well, no, yours was like home-baked muffins, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie's is, um, I throw I throw my opinion on what to call the PS4 and X-Bones. Personally, I think we should call them next gens to the point where Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 games stop being manufactured. But that's like two or three years down the line. Totally. And you can't keep calling them next gen I at that see, point. I, I don't find think. it comfortable calling them next gen. But you, can't, you find it comfortable pissing in your own pants. Yeah. So. Um, Don't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you've pissed in my pants loads of times. <laughs> also, Robbie says, also, if we can get a question, and how did each of you get into games journalism? Careers? I'm not in games journalism. <laughs> you, just, you just turn up, don't you? I'm just wandering off the street. Have your bacon sandwich going How did you get into games journalism? Uh, you gave me a job. There you go. Hey. <laughs> um, there's no kind of tried and tested route. I think we've no. talked about this before in a pad. Past, blah, 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 past podcast in yeah. greater details. If you can find which one that was, I'm not really sure what number well, it let's, was. Let's use Luke as an example because he's not here. So Pested people. The good thing about Luke is, well, he, he did work experience and, you know, some work experience people turn up thinking that they're just going to sit there and play games all day. Mm. Another work experience people turn up and, you know, really knuckle down, listen and get cracking. And that's what Luke did. That would be nice. It'd be yeah, nice and respectful. You'll have no idea how many people forget that and they come in with an attitude yeah. or just not very respectful. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way. Be friendly, be nice. Yeah. And listen. Because that's how you'll make connections. And then when people come to making decisions on who to give freelance to yeah. or work, yeah. it is a massive factor. Obviously, ability is one. So, you know, yeah. read and write and get well, better. That, that, that is no, helpful. It's true. Like, like yeah. so many people who want to be writers don't read. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's yeah. baffling. Yeah. So like, you wouldn't do that with any other. Like you wouldn't well, like, play I think, an instrument without practicing. I think there is a, is like, a common mistake that is like, well, I like video games, therefore I want to write about them. Yeah. And actually, you know, there are a wealth of different jobs out there. If, if you're make, into video make games, them, design make them, them exactly. Yeah. Even like, there's more careers in games than just yeah, like you say, writing yeah. about them. Um, more than ever so before like you can work into like marketing and sales aspects if that's more your kind of your thing and what you're better at and I think in terms of like you know you're a good example the actual time you spend playing games is minuscule to the time you spend actually writing about them it's you know it's very much the opposite way around but I think it's easier now with the internet to get a start nobody you don't don't wait for permission yeah you can start a blog right today. You can start yeah. your own website. You can buy URL. You can yeah. start a YouTube channel. Yeah. You can buy start game a YouTube cap- channel for sure. Buy game capture kit for fifty quid. You've got yeah. a console and just make. And then when you do get yourself into a situation where you can go for an interview yeah. or apply for a job, you have a wealth of material to show them. Yeah. And people will love that kind of industry. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to like figure out what your voice is. And I don't actually mean what your voice is, but like you know who are you? Like yeah. What have you got to say that's going to be different? I think I, I went up. through something ridiculous, like a thousand applicants for the job that you got. And Christ, that must have been awful. <laughs> I, I spent, I was flying to San Francisco and I, I spent 
pretty much the entire flight going through applications. And you can tell in the first three words whether someone's going to be good. And so you want, if you're submitting a piece, make sure it stands out. Make sure there's something interesting about it. Because everybody will do, well, I've been playing games for blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh. Yeah. And if you're doing a CV, this is just general CV um, advice. Cut out all the irrelevant stuff. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people like have been taught how to do TVs at school, which know, isn't right. And it's like putting in hobbies and stuff. You yeah. get rid I of it. Care. It's not pertinent. Yeah. Keep it to one sheet. It's great that you play the guitar, but you're never going to do it in the office. Yeah. <laughs> but just keep it to one sheet and foreground all the information that's best yeah. for that job. Like yeah. nobody cares about a swimming certificate yeah. when you're 10. Sorry, Stu. But not, you, not even I, if I it's think it's worth you. I think it's worth you talking about your background though, because you just you came from like freelance and you yeah just, street you, yeah. yeah you've done all sorts. Oh yeah, loads of different. You things. just like threw on yourself in things. You became like multi talented. Yeah, I decided you really have. You taught yourself a lot. I of I would stuff. say yeah. multitasking. Yeah, multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, you're very skillful at a lot of things, but you've taught you're, you're kind of a jack of all trades. But you've taught yourself, haven't you? Yeah, I yeah. left school with no qualifications at all. I didn't I didn't sit any exams. Uh, and and then I just I, I got involved in radio and did radio for many many years and then you know probably about 15 years ago I could see that the whole kind of uh, the way the media landscape was changing is that people were not just doing radio they were also you know getting involved in video stuff so I yeah. taught myself how to edit on video yeah uh, and ended up doing this so, which is a bit of both so I can do voiceovers here I can edit videos. It's that's the thing. It's like podcasts. Like even being like a, a games journalist, there's a lot more than just writing. You know, it's video yeah, captures, yeah. video presenting, VOs, script writing. Yeah. I'm, you know, I excel at doing VOs, so you know, I've yeah. really taught myself <laughs> to be good at that <laughs> stuff. <horror>. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, Dan. Just go out and do it. Nobody's going to yeah. stop you doing yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. And if you if you shine at it, if you excel at it, you will get noticed. And then I'd probably target some smaller sites and offer your services. Don't work for free. Yeah. Don't work for free because well, you know unless you know, uh, uh, work, work experience for a week, I no, think it's no, fine. But don't no, no, no. like. Con- I mean, like, like don't write for Absolutely. big sites or big Absolutely. papers, anything like that for free because it sets a very dangerous precedent for yeah. you and your fellow journalists. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, never not work free if it's good for you and it will help you in some way and it gets your foot in the door somewhere for a short amount of time. Then yeah, I think that's okay. But yeah, I think you'll know when you're being taken advantage of. Yeah. Okay. Do you have to shoot off? I do. All right. Thanks for joining us. Uh, well, isn't that? If, oh no, you're going to talk about it this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm out right now, so I'll see you later. Bye. Alex is out Bye, this Al. week. Uh, very quickly, then, Dan. Things coming out this week. A couple of movies coming out. Devil's Due, which I think you're seeing tonight. I'm seeing tonight. They did the great um, viral of for Devil's Due, where they had this animatronic devil baby going around Manhattan, scaring the absolute bejesus out of people. You've not seen this? No. You've not seen this? No. I'll show you this after the podcast. You'll right. absolutely love it. Um, kind of. Schlocky horror movie. I don't know much more about it. I'm going to You're see it quite a fan of schlocky horror movies. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know. It's a bit Rosemary's Baby. I think this woman is pregnant with Satan's child. Right. Don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm writing a review of it tonight after seeing the movie. Write it before you see the movie. Um, what else? Uh, Night of the Hunter, which is an absolutely extraordinary film. If you've it is never indeed. seen it, it's a 1955 black and white movie uh, directed by a guy called Charles Lawton, who was a very successful actor. And this is the only film that he ever directed. Uh, because it got absolutely slammed on release. So it, one of those films that was way ahead of its time again because it was it was quite gritty and dark and very disturbing. disturbing. Very disturbing. It's about a preacher man who becomes a serial killer and he's he basically it's a battle of wits between him and these two kids to get their hands on the estate of these kids' dead father. It's very horrible the way that he courts these kids. Oh yeah, yeah. it's really it's very Robert disturbing. Robert Mitchum playing yeah. the, the the preacher and it's it's a a, a, a gritty, uncomfortable film. It's bloody good, though. And see it on the big screen, because a lot of these old movies, these old black and white films, yeah. they look absolutely... Visually, it's, they look stunning on a that's big screen. Being, it's a limited um, release, and it's part of the BFI Gothic season, and I think they're showing it outside of London, but obviously very select cinemas. But if not, track it down on DVD. Yep. Tim's Vermeer, no idea what that Tim's is. Tim's Vermeer is fantastic. It's a 89-minute documentary. It's a really short, very compact, um, directed by Teller from Penn and Teller. Okay. And it's magical, but doesn't have a shred of magic in it. It's about this guy called Tim, who I think he created... Um, he was an inventor, and I think he actually owns the company, and he invented our TriCaster. Right. And he's just this crazy um, modern inventor. He just 
build stuff all the time. And then he became fascinated with the paintings of Johannes Vermeer because there's something very distinctive about Vermeer's paintings, even compared to his own contemporaries. They look like they've been painted, but using video cameras. There's something very filmic about his paintings, and this has always baffled the art world. And David Hockney proposed the theory that Vermeer actually used rudimentary lenses as a way of capturing his subjects okay. and then kind of painting over top of yeah. a projected image. Because yeah. the way that he paints light looks like a film camera, but obviously film cameras didn't exist back then. So, Can you give us an example of, of Vermeer's work? Um, names that the Girl be... with the Pearl Earring is probably yeah. his most famous um, yeah. picture. And the documentary follows this guy, Tim, as he tries to work out what kind of apparatus Vermeer would have had to create these paintings. And he comes up with something and then spends five months... He spends about four months recreating the exact scene of one of Vermeer's most famous pictures. Then he spends another four or five months painting it using this apparatus. And at the end, it's a flawless replica. Really? He create, and this guy can't paint at all. He creates a technology that allows him to do it. And it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant documentary. There's another documentary coming out this week as well about, about fly fishing. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it. It's really going to bug me now. But it's about... It's about, in particular, it's about this one woman who made these, th th this bait for fly fishing. And it's, they're, they're, it's known as the best fly fishing bait in the world. Uh, let's have a look. I'm just seeing if it's coming up here. Kiss the water. That's what it's called. Kiss the water. Uh, and apparently it's absolutely remarkable. I think that's the power of documentaries is it can, they can be about subjects who have no interest in whatsoever, yeah. but they present them and shape them with a narrative rendering them utterly compelling mm. of course if you want something that's big lash, loud brash uh, and good fun and three hours long you've got wolf of wall street coming yeah, out it doesn't feel well. three hours long i thought so, it whipped along good and fun hilarious and it's kind of the dark comedy companion to goodfellas right so if the gangsters were the organized crime that gripped america in the 60s and 70s who were the biggest crooks of the 80s and 90s well, it's the white collar dudes on Wall Street, yeah. and DiCaprio's hilarious in it. It does physical comedy. It's I hear the, the the physical comedy is worthy of Chaplin. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you'll absolutely love that bit. And there's also a gag in it that's kind of a little bit Father Ted as well. So I'll, I'll wait until you see that <laughs> All right, before we talk about it. I'm actually uh, I want to go and see it this week, but I'm going to go and see Gravity again before it leaves oh, the IMAX. Yeah, yeah, because Michelle still hasn't seen it, and I know it's coming out on home ends, but. Got to see it in IMAX. You've got to see it on the biggest uh, screen. IMAX is going to be incredible. Yeah. I'm so I'm looking, hopefully we're going to do that tonight or tomorrow night. Um, and I, I want it to be one of those films that they that they re-release on, on every a regular so basis. Yeah, just yeah. to remind you how bloody good it is. Games wise, uh, Joe Danger. Not much Infinity. at all. You've been playing. This I week? reviewed that. A review will be. I'll be putting that up after we record this podcast. It's excellent. There's not much out at the moment. It's I think it's 169 on um, iOS at the moment. It's just a brilliant game. It's more of the same if you play Joe Danger Touch, but that's a good thing. It's really good fun. And it's just a very happy game. Right. And Mario Party Island Tour, know anything about that? Um, that came out earlier in the States. We already reviewed it. Mm. It's pretty average. So the 3DS kind of run of great games by Nintendo's kind of well, flops a bit with that. But not every, not every not everyone 3DS can be a winner. can be amazing. Exactly. Kid. That pretty much wraps it up then. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com if you'd like to get in touch with us. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. I've had a blast. Have you, Daniel? I have indeed. That's marvellous, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.